The following podcast is part of a certified educational activity titled Brainstorming New Approaches to Improve Glioblastoma Care, Revolutionary Advances with Modern Gene Fusion Targeted Therapy. Access the entire activity and complete the post-test at peerview.com forward slash AWE860. Downloadable slides and practice aids are also available. Hello, and welcome to Brainstorming New Approaches to Improve Glioblastoma Care with a focus on gene fusion targeted therapy. This is Dr. Manmeet Alawalia from the Miami Cancer Institute. During this program, I will be discussing best practices for molecular testing strategies and how this can be used to promote personalized treatment options for gene fusion-driven glioblastoma, such as NTRAC positive disease, to improve patient outcomes. Let's begin. So what are our goals for today? We will learn about the role of genotyping strategies, including gene fusion testing considerations in glioblastoma, enhance your understanding of clinical evidence supporting modern therapies for patients with glioblastoma with a particular focus on gene-directed therapies such as TREC inhibitors. Improve your skills to address practical aspects of patients with glioblastoma, including patient education and adverse event management. So looking at modern genotyping practices and the impact on treatment algorithms. First of all, why are we discussing this topic? because there's a need to recognize the gaps and then identify the opportunities for improvement. We do know that advances in biomarker testing and targeted therapies have truly transformed outcomes for several patients with cancer. And biomarking testing has now become the standard of care for many tumor types. However, recent analysis of real-world data has revealed suboptimal rates of biomarking testing and limited access of testing for some patients, in addition, when biomarker testing is performed, there's often use of inappropriate testing methods that has been reported. This hinders the identification of key molecular alterations, especially those including less common alterations, but still highly important. Hence, this results in suboptimal treatment selection, timing, and delivery. And that has been found to be problematic, especially in community settings. The result of all this is our patients miss out on opportunities to benefit from specific biomarker MASH therapies and have poor outcomes, hence the need for improvement. So we hope to establish the best practices for biomarker testing, looking at targeted therapies for gene fusions that are approved for regulatory authorities and others in development with a particular focus on NTRAC and then look at opportunities for improvement. So let's look at what are kinase gene fusions, which are now becoming key players in cancer. Gene fusions are actually hybrid genes, which are often formed by inter or intrachromosomal rearrangements, such as translocations, inversions, interstitial deletions, or duplications. Many of these somatic alterations play a very important role in cancer development. Looking at the timeline, actually the PCR-able gene fusion was first detected in chronic myeloid leukemia patients in 1960s and was the first gene fusions actually characterized. Since that time, researchers have identified more than 10,000 gene fusions in human cancers, with many noted to be strong drivers of tumorigenesis. That includes the FGFR-TAG gene fusion that we'll be discussing today that was first identified in glioblastoma in 2012 by Antonio Everone's group. 
So diving into what are some of the methods we can use for detection of N-track gene fusions, you can look at ISCs, which is the immunohistochemistry, FISH or NGS. And what are some of the advantages and disadvantages? So the advantages with using a test like ISC is it can be used as a screening tool in neoplasms with low incidence of track gene fusions. It can also be used in patients where you have known track rearranged tumors and you can follow them. The disadvantages are the fusion partners unknown. This often false positive or negative, and it has been less validated. Fish is often used as well. The advantages of using things like fish is that it's rapid. Disadvantages, again, are fusion partners unknown and, again, potential for false positives and negatives. So to look at NGS testing for N-track gene fusions, the advantages of using such an approach is its comprehensive genomic testing. Fusion partners and positions are better defined, although they are nucleic acid dependent, whether you're using RNA versus DNA. Another advantage of such a method is you can detect potential resistant variants. Some of the disadvantages of using NGS testing is often the wait times are longer. It is associated with a higher cost and older samples may have poor quality nucleic acid. There are some challenges with DNA-based assays and hence RNA-based assays are preferred. Fusion detection from DNA is complicated by the fact that fusions often have multiple DNA breakpoints across large intronic regions, making clinical testing impractical and expensive. Introns have repetitive sequences which make it hard to map and often difficult to sequence, and it can be variable from gene to gene. Hence, DNA-based NGS will miss some gene fusions, and this can be an issue especially in large intron, as you can see, if no driver gene is identified by DNA sequencing and RNA is not available, hence we recommend to consider alternative methods for fusion detection, either IHC or FISH. Now, RNA, on the other hand, is a better method to profile to detect gene fusions. As fusion sequences are highly conserved at the level of RNA, RNA profiling presents a viable alternative to overcome the inherent variability of the DNA fusion events. RNA-seq-based transcriptome profiling offers a more accurate and sensitive diagnostic alternative to DNA-based methods and is capable of identifying both specific and novel gene fusions using a single assay. And hence, this is a preferred way to look at gene fusions. So just to recapitulate this in the next few minutes with some examples. If you have a large intron, as I said before, you'll need excessive sequencing, which will often be highly expensive and hence DNA is not a preferred method here. RNA is the way to go. Again, when you have repetitive introns, DNA is not the preferred method because it will not be able to align the reads. Again here, RNA is probably better. Low tumor sample, often DNA may not be able to pick this because it may be below the assay sensitivity. Here, RNA may be preferred, especially if it is highly expressed. And then when you have complex genomic events, again, DNA will not be able to capture it while an RNA-based method can capture such an event. Let's look at NTRAC gene and track proteins and their roles in normal biology and cancer. NTRAC genes and track receptors are expressed in neuronal tissues and have roles in development and in nervous system function is caused by activation of neurotropins. 
Entrac genes and TRAC receptors are rarely expressed in normal non-neuronal tissue or cancerous tissues. Now, on the flip side, Entrac gene fusions and resulting TRAC paramic fusion proteins often occur as a result of in-frame rearrangement of an Entrac gene that links tyrosine kinase domain with an upstream fusion partner that generates a chiramic RNA and a TREC fusion protein. This then leads to uncontrolled TREC kinase functions and which leads to oncogenesis in tumors such as brain cancer in gliomas, parasitic astrocytomas, glioblastomas. And TRAC gene fusions are again highly seen in relatively uncommon tumors like salivary cancer. Overall, NTRAC and TREC fusions are rare events and they are found in 0.2% in screening of over 11,000 patients with tumors of all types. However, in glioblastoma, we have seen around 1% expression of NTRAC gene fusions. In pyrocytic astrocytomas, these numbers can be between 8 to 13%. So what are some of the treatment approaches for recurrent glioblastoma? In particular, patients who have NTRAC gene fusion tumors they have two options as per the NCCN guidelines that include larotrectinib and entrectinib. Let's look at the current state of selected agents, which are TREC inhibitors. So larotrectinib was actually the first TREC agent that received a pan-agnostic tumor approval for patients, both adult and pediatrics, with solid tumors that had an entrac gene fusion without a known acquired resistant mutation. Entrectinib followed suit and was also approved with an FDA-approved test without a known acquired resistant mutation for adult and pediatric patients with solid tumors. There are a number of agents which are undergoing testing, which include reprotrectinib and selitrectinib. So let's look a little bit more about larotrectinib. Larotrectinib is a highly potent and selective small molecule inhibitor of TREC A, B, and C and had very nice IC50s in cellular assays and initially had shown prolonged responses in patients with TREC fusions. And it actually was the first-in-class highly selective TREC inhibitor, which was CNS active, and then was approved, as I stated before, for treating adult and pediatric patients with TREC fusion cancer. This was based on a number of trials, which included phase one trials in advanced tumors, pediatric trials in phase one and two for advanced tumor solid tumors, as well as phase two advanced solid tumor trials called the Navigate study. So what is some of the data that is available showcasing larotrectinib's efficacy? Use of larotrectinib has been shown to be associated with more than 80% response rates in solid tumors with TREC fusions. Median duration of response has been highly impressive at close to 33 months. Median progression-free survival has been close to 30 months. And overall survival at two years has been noted to be 82%, and four-year survival has been noted to be at 64%. Again, larotrectinib is quite well tolerated. There were no new signals identified in phase two trials compared to the earlier studies. And you can see most patients have grade one or two toxicity and are well managed. Select number of patients may have grade three toxicity. Very few patients have grade four toxicities, including increase in transaminases, low neutrophil counts, or low lymphocyte counts. But overall, the drug is extremely well tolerated.
So what's the latotretinib data in NTRAC fusion-positive primary CNS tumors? This is a paper in neuro-oncology led by Daz et al. showcasing that 33 patients with both adult and pediatric low-grade and high-grade glioma patients showed a 30% response rate, which included a 9% complete response rate and a 21% partial response rate. And you can see that in the waterfall curves here. But what was also interesting in the sewer plot curves that this duration of response was quite well preserved. And you can see ongoing responses in patients even beyond 12 months. In fact, the overall survival at 12 months in these patients was 85%, and overall survival at 24 months was 58%, which compares very favorably to what we see with these patients if they are managed with cytotoxic agents. Again, remember, cytotoxic agents typically in glioblastoma produce a response rate of only around 5%. Moving on to entrectinib, which is another pantrec RAS and ALK inhibitor. It's orally administered and also targets TREC fusions. So let's look at the clinical efficacy with entrectinib in entrec fusion positive solid tumors. Again, entrectinib has been shown to be effective in this patient population with response rates of around 61%. Similar response rates have been seen in patients who have CNS metastases compared to those patients who have no baseline CNS metastases. Median duration of response with this agent, though, is around 20 months. Median progression-free survival is 14 months, and median overall survival is around 37 months. Entrectinib has a slightly different safety profile compared to larotrectinib. Again, similarly, most adverse events were grade 1 and 2 and were reversible. However, treatment-related adverse events did lead to dose reduction in 27% of patients, dose interruptions in around a quarter of these patients, and discontinuation from treatment in around 4% of these patients. So let's discuss using a case of use of such agents. So a 65-year-old female with IDH wild-type recurrent glioblastoma who was previously treated with six weeks of radiation and temozolomide followed by four cycles of adjuvantomozolomide comes to you at recurrence and you perform NGS testing and you identify an antrac gene fusion on NGS testing. She is MGMT methylated. However, she does suffer from a grade 2 thrombocytopenia from prior temozolomide use which resulted in a hemorrhage in a glioblastoma tumor. As we know, some females have a SNP, which makes them sensitive to temozolomide, and that can lead to a greater degree of thrombocytopenia. What would be the treatment options you would consider for this patient? So just going through the list, rechallenge with temozolomide, which is listed on NCCN guidelines, may not be the best option because this patient just failed temozolomide. Also, they are having an ongoing thrombocytopenia resulting with hemorrhage. Similarly, another alkylating agent like lomastine or carmustine may not be the best option because these agents are also associated with high degrees of thrombocytopenia. Now, on the flip side, we saw that because this patient has NTRAC gene fusion, this may be a good case for using a drug like larotrectinib or a drug like entrectinib. This patient is too soon from radiation to have a radiation rechallenge. So if you treat your patient with larotrectinib or entrectinib, you could share with them the data that we discussed today, which has impressive response rates and very good duration of responses with such agents. So what are some of the take-home messages today? We hope that you learn that gene fusions are deep and durable targets in gene fusion positive primary CNS tumors. 
We also learned that RNA-based testing is superior to DNA-based NGS testing. It's really important when you capture gene fusions, such as NTRAC positive tumors, that you use effective targeted therapy options, which are available to personalize therapy for these patients. Laratrectinib was the first in-class NTRAC inhibitor that was FDA-approved for treating NTRAC gene fusion positive patients. Entrectinib is another option that is available to treat such patients. Thank you so much for your kind attention. This activity is certified by PVI, Peerview Institute for Medical Education. Remember to download the slides and practice aids. Thank you for listening. Download materials and complete the post-test for instant credit at peerview.com forward slash AWE860. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Bayer Healthcare Pharmaceuticals, Incorporated.